When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Anglo-Italian pod. Listeners, I'm hoping my voice doesn't sound inaccurate <laughs> because it feels like it's on the way out. But welcome to the Anglo-Italian pod. It is the Monday Night Euro review show and it's time to talk about Premier League, Serie A and for the first time, the World Cup. It's getting close, guys. It's getting very, very close. But of course, here to join me is my good friend, Adam. So, hey, Rory. How are you doing, mate? It seemed like from the pictures that I saw, you had an epic weekend. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was a really great weekend. Um <laughs> One of the best things about living abroad is um, the fact that, like, well, you don't see your mates that often. That's not the good thing. But the good thing is that they come out to visit. So then you have these weekends where you just make the most of it. You do everything. And we did everything. We ate all the food. Uh, We ate a lot of food. That was great. Uh, Some great pasta, pizza, the classics, right? We did a food tour of Milan. Uh, We did, like, a street food tour of Milan that, um, that the good lady organized. That was nice. Then we went to Milan Spezia, which we are going to discuss. Um, that was a much better game than I anticipated. Really, really yes, enjoyed that game. Was. And then we went hiking up in the mountains in Lecco in Como yesterday, which has now absolutely killed me off. And today was <laughs> a rough day, but I'm here to talk about football. I've managed to just squeeze in the highlights and stuff in, in a few places. Still caught the Arsenal game at about a thousand feet in the air, you know, my, uh, my yep. commitment doesn't end um but yeah good weekend ready to talk some football how was your weekend adam it's very good thank you um footballing wise it wasn't brilliant i have to say i think all the results that i kind of predicted didn't come up to fruition so from that point of view not a great footballing weekend but Mm -hmm. it was good from a point of view of seeing friends not to the same extent as yours but yeah it was great nonetheless so um let's delve into the football mate because there was a hell of a lot to talk about right there was a hell of a lot to talk about. And we're going to start with looking back at one of the old pod favourites um, and someone who we were all kind of sad when he had to leave the league. And we're, of course, talking about Ilicic at the age yeah. of 35 for NK Maribor after the issues that we all know that he's mm. been going through and has gone through and hopefully is on the other side of. He has, um, he's got his first goal back in the professional he game. Did. He scored a penalty. It was a bloody lovely penalty as well. He hit it as well as you'd, as you'd um, expect. 
Adam, how good is it to see him back on the pitch? And he had a beer belly, which I respect. I think that, that was, yeah, that was typical like Sunday league football like style yeah. of picture, wasn't it? But it was beautiful to see him looking really well in that respect. Mm. He seems happy. He had a smile on his face. Just, just to see him there was brilliant. I mean, that whatever he has demons wise, it's clearly taken out on him. And I'm just grateful that he's still about, right? That That's the most important thing is he's still with us. And yeah, let's hope it just continues to be something that's a bit more stable in his life, right? Because he deserves all the plaudits he gets. He was a great footballer. It's just a shame we didn't get to see the best of it. I think there was still more to come out of it, to be fair. Yeah, I feel like we got a few glimpses of it in that Champions yeah. League run towards the semi-final. We got to semi-finals, quarter-finals? Quarter-finals, yeah. Quarter-finals. Um, on that run, we got glimpses of it. But yeah, just great to see him kind of happy and back on the pitch again. So good work, Josip. Yeah. We will be keeping an eye out on you. The Slovenian League, you know, it's not... There's some pretty decent sides there. Yeah. I think there's some teams that yeah. upset people. So we will be keeping an eye on it. But we need to go to Serie A and see him in as... I was lucky enough to be at the stadium. We're going to start with Milan Spezia. And I was delighted to be able to say <laughs> I've witnessed an Olivier Giroud late winner. I feel like it would, it just would have felt wrong if he does it every time, every single time. Now, this time there was a little bit of a difference because he lost yep. his head a little bit too much. And we'll get into <laughs> what happened there. But. Uh, what were your overall impressions of Milan's performance before we kind of go through the game? I think they were very ropey at times, as mm-hmm. we said. I thought if it was a better quality side against them, and that's no dis- like disparaging comments yeah. towards Spezia, but I feel like if they had a better striker, Inzola had like two gill-edge chances, yeah. where especially mm-hmm. in the first half, just before halftime was called, he should have just tapped it in. There was such a brilliant chance that he had to just tap it in. And I thought Spezia probably surprised Milan. I don't think they anticipated like Spezia to turn out that way, kind of attack them in the manner that they did. And I think they caused a lot of troubles for that back line. Um, that said, once Tonali came on, he seemed to be the man that changed it all in terms of that midfield play. And I thought he kind of like took the kind of mantelpiece piece of like taking the ball forward, controlling it a bit more because Benesea is a good player, but not to the same degree as what Tonali yeah. can do and like dictate the play. And I think that's what they were lacking. I was surprised at the um, starting eleven to be fair, but as you allude to, Giroud had to be brought on because they were really struggling. There was moments during that point where obviously Daniel Maldini scores the equaliser and then you kind of... I, I don't know what it's like for you in the stadium, but for me watching it, you saw it kind of cut to Paolo in the stands. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah, that yeah. awkward, I'm not looking at this. I don't know what's <laughs> happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. quite funny to watch. Yeah. But equally, um, yeah, they, as you said, they did lose their heads a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as Giroud scored, the whole place seemed to erupt. I mean, what was it like for yourself, especially as you were on the different side of Milan for this one, right? Yes. So usually <laughs> when I've gone with Tommy in the past, it's been kind of into Curva, the opposite side of the stadium, right? You go in, it always confuses me the gate numbers. I'm like, oh, bloody hell, I'm going in that side. Right, okay. Um, 
But the atmosphere was incredible. It genuinely was incredible. There was 70,000 at the great at the game, I want to say. Um, and we paid a whopping 14 euros a ticket. It wow. honestly blew my mind. Um, so great game. Atmosphere was amazing. Um, yeah, I think first half... The first half, I think Spezia made it difficult for Milan. They made mm. it really difficult. And second half, it only got worse. I was like, Milan really need to figure this out. Um, I it, Milan had to be fair, Milan had a few chances first half where they could have got. I was <laughs> like, did. You, you could have. I think they hit the crossbar, they hit the post. They had a they few did. chances. And Dragovsky was in for. Yeah, and he made incredible. he made some great saves. And I thought, okay, it's going to be one of those nights. Maybe they just won't get the result. Second half, Spezia came out and made it much more difficult. They were def- yeah. they were definitely kind of getting the breaks, playing some nice stuff. They got some play. They they've got some very good like on the ball footballers, like the passing they do, like they're very calm, very collected. They're not like a scrappy team. I was genuinely impressed with a lot of their players. Um, And yeah, they kind of exceeded my expectations. I thought they were just going to turn up and try and get a nil-nil, but they actually went for it. Um, Yeah, Tonali coming on did change the game, completely changed the game. I think Mm. he just gives them that extra pass, that little bit of creativity. The the engine that he has, he never stops. It's incredible. And I think it's like, I never really thought of him as like that. I thought him as the as the creative lightweight yeah. midfielder kind of thing. But when you play him, when you watch him, mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, he does he does it all really. He's there he winning does, the ball. Yeah. He's harrying back, and he like, he'll like tackle. I, yeah, yeah, he's, he's and he got a goal. Now the, my main complaint, and this isn't even, it's just VAR, man. It's been a while since I've been in a stadium mm. with VAR. The last time was Arsenal against Leicester when I was back in the UK. Yeah, and there was no major stops there. There was two pauses in this game that just lasted forever. So the first one was the Teo Hernandez goal that took yeah. them forever to check. And I, the thing that annoys me is all it takes is on that screen that says VAR, mm. just say why it's a VAR check. Yes, just say, yeah, sure. just say foul in builder <laughs> or offside yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever, because it's literally just. There's and you've got no clue, and we were just stood. All we'd seen was Tonali hit it top corner from thirty yards, and thought, "Well, they can't be offside, right? Yeah. It can't be a foul because he ran onto the ball." And there just needs to be a bit of explanation as to what was going on because what it did was ruin the atmosphere for quite a bit. People got yeah, really pissed off, and it was just it was just a reminder of what VAR's like in the stadium. It was really really irritating. Um, but Milan, after that goal getting cancelled. I think they did really well to go again. Because mm. um, I think at that point, the whole stadium kind of thought, ah, oh, freak, that was it. Like, Spence, you're <laughs> going to see this one out now. We're just going to, we're going to battle on bravely. And they had a few chances. I think taking off Origi and bringing on Giroud was obviously a big moment. I think Origi yep. didn't have a terrible game, but I also didn't no. really notice him being on the pitch much. Um, and Origi isn't getting that finish. He's not finishing that chance. No. Like, no. that was... What a hit. The way he's jumped and like he's just such a great finisher. And I think I saw someone on Twitter saying, Is there a player that's better at a one touch finish than Giroud? It's very hard, isn't it? I could only yeah. think of maybe a Lewandowski Benzema. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, and that's the levels, I think. I did mm-hmm. say to a Man United fan of the pod as well, who we were watching the match at the same time, and it's not Andy, by the way. Um, basically, like you'd have him at Man United, he's yeah. that good. Like, and he was like, No, 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 we've got Ronaldo. It's like, Mate, come on, there is difference here. 
there yeah. is a pure clear yeah, yeah, difference yeah, yeah, yeah. here you'd have him within a snapshot yeah. uh, but on the var stuff the hernandez goal was just as frustrating for us watching it on tv right. as it probably was for you in the stadium because there's no explanation the second one Ugh. where tonali obviously that one was kind of we saw the foul but we kind of assumed the referee just played it on and therefore we didn't think it would be pulled back. So it was a bit of a surprise to see that it was like pulled back and then they decided to review it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it must have been a frustrating experience to see that. It was, um, yeah. it, it kind of, the place got angry pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> the place got angry yeah. pretty quickly. Um, but the celebration when that goal went in, the place went absolutely mental. Oh, like people imagine. were going mad. Um, it was a huge win, especially like the Milan fans knew that Inter were playing the next day. They knew that either Juve or Inter were going to drop points. They like that felt like a big win, mm-hmm. and it was under difficult circumstances. I think Spezia were very, very good. We did have a bit of an awkward moment in the stadium where we just now every time I've been in the San Siro, you just sit where you sit because you just that's what happens at just the San Siro. Um and we got through the first half and like three guys came up to us and I think I was I was a little bit tipsy, a little bit like, no, fuck you. Um, and they came up and they were like, oh, those are our seats? And there was literally seats everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And he was like, well, we want to sit there. I was like, yeah, but there's, you're sat there's there loads. now. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're sat right behind us now. Just sit there. Like, just because we, we've been here the whole first half. And I thought, if I just don't look at him, I won't say anything. And then it, it, it'll go away. And then it took two minutes. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm really sorry. I want to sit in that seat. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Right? Okay, fine. <laughs> and he was definitely in the right. I shouldn't have been an arsehole. But we ended up in the second half, stood up, and it actually made it a lot better. So thank you fine. to that guy. Because <laughs> the, it made the it made the limbs at the end even better. Because everyone was just going imagine, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was a great game. Really great game. And um, yeah. Olivier Giroud, just always there with the great finishes at the big moments. I love how his career is going. I wish he'd done it a bit more at Arsenal, but I love that he's actually getting, he's starting to get a bit of the recognition that he deserves, I think. Definitely. Definitely. I think he's been underrated for a number of years. And I think that Arsenal period was probably where they probably expected him to stay for the rest of his career. So, Mm. yeah. Incredible player, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think he should be kind of recognised as one of the great target men, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. And if he gets that France all-time scoring record, which is completely yeah, achievable, just round the corner. <laughs> that is like, he's definitely, you can't argue with it then. But next, we need to talk about the next game in the other half Go of on. the city um, and just down the road. Adam, is Allegri figuring it out? <laughs> is he figuring it out? I, I think he's just by chance finding a formula. This is what he always seems to do, doesn't he? In those seasons where he kind of wins titles, it seems to be like 12, 10 games where he doesn't have a clue and then it just kind of happens like without him trying to do anything spectacular. Mm. And I think for me, it's just the youngsters. The youngsters have rejuvenated that squad, given a bit more purpose in terms of there's a bit more competitive edge in that team now. So, you know, Moretti, we've been kind of lording up for the last few weeks, but Fagioli, Mr. Bean, he is doing incredibly well. And the Juventus fans were loving it yesterday. Um, But a special word to Kostic as well. He looks fantastic. And I think there's a lot of Juventus fans that didn't really want to kind of praise him, but they are now praising him because 
he is the outlet that they've been craving out for. And I think the other bonus is you've obviously got Chiesa now coming back into it. He came on as a late substitute as well, really um, contributing, I suppose, to the second half of potentially this title will mix up in the top four anyway, because I think Allegri's just found a formula and it seems to be working. So providing you think they don't have any more injuries, um, you've got the likes of Paul Pogba potentially coming mm-hmm. back into the mix. And I think Allegri also got the defence right for this match. So he left out Benucci, went with Bremer, with Danilo and Alex Santos. And that seemed to be the right formula. I'm not saying it's definitely the right formula for every match, but it seemed to work. Um, get your thoughts. What, what did you think on the Juventus? Um, I thought they that was their most impressive performance this season. I think they genuinely looked <laughs> like a proper team. They looked like they had an idea. They looked like... Yeah, they had a game plan. They knew what they were going to do, and Inter completely allowed them to do it. I think it was a, um, yeah, a, a, an annoyingly encouraging performance from Juventus. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for some Juve fans listening because we do not mince our words about it. We don't even try to be unbiased, but I think they they always find a bloody way to figure it out. But I think if you're a Juve fan, you would be encouraged because it's through the young players. It's through the players that clearly give a shit. It's yeah. not through the mercenaries that have been brought in. And maybe there is a, like, beyond Allegri, there's a bit of, like, promise and a bit of hope there because they should be planning beyond Allegri and they should be they thinking should, yeah. beyond Allegri, really. Um, for Inter, we need to talk about their record against the top teams now. They've lost to Roma, Lazio, uh, Milan, and... Yeah, um, and Juve now. And Juve as well, and Roma. So they've lost to five of the, yeah. of the big teams now. So... Every big game, they have failed to turn up. Towards the end of the first half, I would say, is the only time I thought, right, Inter, you're you're here now. Dumfries had a chance where he should have scored. They created a few chances. It was still nil-nil. And I thought, okay, Inter, if you get a goal now, that's kind of game over, I think. Like, Inter are good enough and calm enough to see a game out at at 1-0-ish, I think. Mm. That was their chance. The second half, they just did not turn up. And Juve knew they'd got away with it a bit. I think they came out in the yeah. second half like, right, we can't do that again. Let's go. Rabio, maybe United scouting isn't all that bad. <laughs> he's, now, <laughs> he's now equaled his best um, goal-scoring season. Um, so I think it's 17-18 and 1920, he got five goals in all competitions. Right, okay. He's now already got five goals in all competitions. Maybe it just gets him on that France plane if he leaves his mum at home. Maybe that'll be the deal. But he is having quite a good season. Do we need to talk about Adrian? Uh, Do I put this politely? Um, Yeah, I suppose we've got to give him some credit because like the rest of them have been appalling and we've been giving him dog's abuse, to be fair, for a number of seasons, not just this season. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you have to say he did contribute. He did have a fantastic game against Inter. Um, yeah. And yeah, he took the goal well. He he, mm-hmm. he actually did quite well. And hence the title for this episode and Rabio in brackets. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. We, we had to include him. But yeah, I mean, I, I think there is better players. I'll be brutally honest. Oh, yeah, have without him. a doubt. Wouldn't have him, but maybe, maybe there is a player still to be unearthed underneath all of the, uh, I don't know, the mist of Rabio. That is Rabio, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think. Yeah. Look, I, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I was just looking at that three, that Fagioli, Locatelli, Rabio, and they're starting. That seems to be the three that Allegri's kind of going with a little bit more mm. now. He's kind of trusting it a bit. I, I worry about who's the defensive player in that kind of three there. Rabio. Rabio. <laughs> is, is, yeah, is that is that him? Is that him? <laughs> Probably. Um, I, like I do worry, but it seems like they're kind of stum- they they've stumbled across something there. As you said, Kostic yeah. looks like he's a player that when West Ham were linked with him, I was like, just pay it, just pay yeah, it, yeah, exactly, because he's gonna like he was unbelievable for that Frankfurt team, and he's been unbelievable for Juve this year. That back three, yeah, I think we talked about Benucci. Chiellini was clearly carrying yeah. through games a little bit. So I think, yeah, I think the pressure's got to a point where Allegri has had to make changes, right? Um, yeah, he knew that he knew that he wasn't much longer for this earth if he kept doing that. But that being <laughs> said, both Milik and Moretti were disappointing up front. I think both of them didn't really have much yeah. of an effect on the game. I think Milik is a bit lost at the moment. Um, mm. Maybe the foil of Flavic was where he works best. So where yeah. he's with someone right up top, whereas Moretti, mm. he's the midfielder. He's the one yeah, that yeah. kind of does the silky passes, right? So he's not mm. kind of the kind of foil for Milik. Um, but the one weakness that we have to say that was quite strong was obviously Chesney. Um, Chesney pulled off a good save. Um, yes, he did. Um, I still don't want him in the Poland squad anywhere near it, but he will be there. He will yeah, he be there, he will. Of, course, he of course. And he's doing all right. He's doing quite well. I still think there's an error prone Chesney somewhere mm. lurking in the background, just waiting to come out. So um, let's wait and see. But for now, it seems like Juventus are fairly stable. Yeah, well, that win puts them kind of back in the conversation, really. They're on in fifth on 25 points. Now, that still puts them 10 points behind Napoli. We'll get yeah. on to them. But they now are only two points behind third place and fourth place Atalanta. Atalanta dropping, despite still not doing that badly, they're dropping quite quickly. Um, but yeah, Juventus back in that European race. And we have a question from friend of the pod, Monsportif. Might have missed it, but... Do you guys rate Fagioli as highly as Allegri does? I think he's a very, very exciting player. What worries me the most is that Juve don't tend to give opportunities to young players. Um, but I think what we've seen is him score. He, he scored an incredible goal on his debut, right? Um, and I think he's come in and just shown the basics of what young players show. A lack of fear, effort, and they care about the club. And I think, obviously... Yeah include a bit of quality in with that and a bit of like, you know, a decent first touch, good range of passing. And it's an exciting player there. I just really hope that he continues to get the chances. And it isn't that when January arrives, Juventus just go out and buy another midfielder because that might be a very Juventus thing to do. What do you think, Adam? I, I think he's a brilliant youngster. Just hopefully they'll nurture him and give him the opportunity mm. when he has the bad patch. So, yeah. you know, I think this is the thing. They've unearthed someone that they probably didn't anticipate to bring in this season, right? He's come through chance. He scored a fantastic goal against Lecce. And he even got vilified by Allegri. I don't know if you saw this, Rory. But apparently he wasn't doing his duties when he scored that goal. So, i.e., he shouldn't have been in that position when he scored that goal, which was just typical Allegri, right? He had to screw up what was a brilliant moment for the kid. Um, But... Yeah, yeah, I think he should have been playing a centre back. He should, he should have been <laughs> yeah. stood on the goalkeeper. Should have line been defensive midfielder, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 
He's yeah, got a touch of Del Piero. So um, I think mm. if we're going to compare him to a player that, you know, could be class in the years to come, just mm. compare him to Del Piero and let's see how he goes. But please do not expect him to be Del Piero because Del Piero was unique, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, exactly. I think he's a player to be excited about. A player to be excited about. Hopefully he continues to get chances at Juventus. For Inter, this season is kind of petering out. It really feels like in the table now, they are down to seventh. They are on 24 points. They're still only a point behind Juve, mm. but... That is that ends a run of four straight wins. And as we said, whenever they've come up against one of the teams that's around them, they have lost. So it's just uh, Inzaghi needs to sort this out. They've won eight and lost five. So it is feast or famine at Inter this year. Um, and the statistic that fucking really ready for this, they have conceded the same amount of goals as Salernitana. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they haven't been great, have they? They've just not been consistent enough. And I think we probably went on the hype train too early last week when we were kind of mm. hyping them up after the Sampdoria. That's results, not like us. Yeah. Not like yeah, us. Yeah. We, ruined, <laughs> we ruined clubs, don't we, after one week? So, um, yeah, uh, Inter, there is so many issues that are going wrong for Inzaghi right now. Um, we thought that he'd kind of solved that midfield issue of Brozovic not being there. And it seems like just not right something's not clicking no. i don't know what you feel like even the chances that I had against juventus it's typical jeco to miss mm. so many cute yeah. chances even lataro just he's mm. a bit like liao isn't he he's just so inconsistent when it comes to these matches yeah. like for the big matches he seems to go missing which is such a shame because we know there's a player in him and mm. um, defensively as well i thought they were so poor like yeah. this wasn't the inter that we've known for the last two seasons. So no. I did feel sorry for the likes of Barella. He seemed like he was just puffing all the time because he was having to go up and down that wing. Uh, DeMarco seems a bit lost as well. He wasn't his yeah. usual kind of whipping crosses and, you know, causing mayhem for defenders. Yeah, I just feel yeah, yeah. like they do need some investment. They are crying out to get rid of Steven Zhang at the moment it seems like uh, you you probably know better because you've yeah, got a feeling just, in Milan but it does the, feel from yeah. what I can see on the social media sites that yeah Inter fans have had enough yeah well the the kind of the lack of invest the lack of investment in terms of like in real terms and the kind of some of the dodgy deals they've made so this dig, digital bit sponsorship yeah. where they've just not paid the money and it just feels like they were just always a bit all talk and no walk kind of thing. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think it's a kind of open secret now that the club's for sale and there's been links with them yeah. with the owners Saudi of Arabia, Newcastle. Saudi Arabia, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there are links out there. Um, but for Inter, yeah, they just need, I don't know, that centre-back partnership just feels like it's lost something. Scriniar and De Vrij, it just feels like... Because Scriniar hasn't signed a contract, has he? So no. this is the well, worry he, for them. Because yeah, he very nearly went to PSG. Yeah, he very nearly went to PSG in the summer, right? And I think it was yeah. like a kind of um yeah, there's a few issues there. And in Zaggy, there is now pressure again. There's now pressure again. So we will see what happens. Hopefully Inter can turn it around. Yeah. They need to finish this part of the season with a win mm. at least. So it's just not heading into it all doom and gloom. Um, but as we continue our Serie A roundup, we need to move on to the next one, which is despite me having the Roma shirt in the background. Rome is indeed blue, um, and Lazio secure a 1-0 win through Felipe Anderson, who is having a bit of a Indian Renaissance. Summer. Yeah, yeah, 
after his less than successful spell at West Ham, I think we'd say he had a great start at West Ham, and he then touches. He, yeah, and then he just seemed to lose interest. Um, he's having a pretty good season for Lazio, and this was a big win for them, as you said, Sadi. That is a marquee against Mourinho. They don't like each other. What did you think of this game? It was a typical Rome derby, right? It was gritty, mm. it was edgy. There wasn't too many chances, which I was maybe slightly surprised at, um, especially given the kind of swaying in terms of quality between the two. It was interesting that Chiro Mobile was named on the bench for Lazio, which I, I thought he wasn't ready for this match by this mm-hmm. all sounds. But yeah, obviously... Whether that was enough to strike fear in Rome hearts, I don't know. But Ibanez, I mean, how do you get yourself into such a mess? And it was typical. It had to be Pedro that chased him down for that ball, an ex-Roma yeah. boy, <laughs> right? And then I bet Roma fans were cursing when he's there going into the cameras with yeah. Felipe Anderson celebrating that goal. But sorry, he's having a fantastic season. Um the only word with Lazio is can they be more consistent, right? Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. the only thing that is. And I think you're maybe seeing this Lazio side develop over the next few seasons. Last season was let's get rid of the dead wood. Let's try and make the Sari ball work. This season seems to be getting it into the top four. And then you never know. They might yeah. be building on this. They can build a really decent side. What's your thoughts on the derby? Yeah, I thought Roma were just ultimately disappointing. If Tammy Abraham, if it was last season's Tammy Abraham, Roma gets something there. I just feel yeah. like it's not clicking for Tammy at the moment. It happens with strikers. It's happening with Arsenal striker at the moment. Like it happens. He just needs one to go in off his arse and things will turn around. <laughs> but I think that was the difference, really. I think it was a pretty close game. I think, yeah, derbies are always like that, it can go either way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Roma just they've been missing that finisher for Lazio. Yeah. You're right, they could really be this season is so open, like anybody could finish top four at this point. Um, and I think this is their this is their opportunity. And bringing in players like Zakanyi that has just had an incredible start to the season, yeah. keeping hold of Milinkovic Savage, get, like getting the most out of bringing Felipe Anderson back, who was great for them the first time he was there. You need to remember, like, that's why West Ham got him. He was great there the first time. Bringing him back and getting him back in form again. And, like, yeah, implementing that Saudi ball. I feel like there's a a process there. There's a process there. Um, So, hopefully, um, Lazio can build on this. It would be quite nice. Um, Mm. So, Stuart Morley in the comments. Unfortunately, I feel like Mourinho just won't get the best out of the squad he has. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think if there's one thing Mourinho doesn't do, it's he makes players fit his system. He doesn't fit a system yeah. for his players, does he? So I think there's a lot of players there that they will try really hard. They'll love him, but they won't quite meet, hit their peak. Um, yeah. So yeah, for Roma, they're, geez, they're, they're even less consistent than Lazio, which is genuinely yeah. impressive. <laughs> um, but yeah, huge, huge win. Brings Lazio up to third place. Only two points behind second place Milan. It's getting tight. It's getting tight, except... Except, time. except for Napoli, who are still, still on top. And they are now a whopping six points clear, still to lose a game. And it was a big old test in Bergamo. And they passed it. Yeah. Comfortably? Would you say comfortably? Uh, 
it was always going to be a tough game, right? Because mm-hmm. this is a Gasparini Atalanta side that is playing a bit more pragmatically, as we've been saying for the last few uh, weeks. Um, he had a few more players come back to his disposal. Mm-hmm. So it was always going to be an interesting one. Um, looking at Lukman, again, fantastic to see the confidence on him because he's just doing superbly well. But when you've got players like Osserman, who, despite giving away the penalty, then goes up the other end and then scores without even really having to do much and then sets up the winner, right? I mean, what more can you say about this bloke? I mean, he's just superb. We saw the signs last season, but... I was looking at who they bought on, right? They got Simeone, they got Politano. It's just these yeah, players, yeah, just yeah. and they didn't have Farah, right? They haven't got yeah. Faradona on the pitch because unfortunately he'd done his back in apparently during the Champions League match. Mm. Um apparently it was from one of those Trent Alexander Arnold's where he sold him for another hot dog and then got bombarded into one of the uh, yeah. buildings. But yeah, I mean this side is superb. Like I say, I think they just don't want the momentum to end. The, the World no. Cup has come at the wrong time it's, for them right now. It's like, it's like, it's the worst timing for Napoli in the world because all the other teams are going to sit down, they're going to figure shit out, and they're going to be like, <laughs> yeah. right, how good? Napoli do not need that. They need to just keep running, keep running. So I think it's like it's an incredible win. It's a, I genuinely mm. think it's like a massive win because Atalanta, we've said, have been great this year. Napoli did it without playing as well as they possibly could have done. I don't think they were as good as we've seen them. And yeah, Osimhen, it's just sheer determination from that bloke. It is just always yeah. just a... It's just like he is not going to lose. And I am just so delighted I got him in front of Calcio. I cannot tell you how <laughs> I happy you are, I have yeah. got him. I'm so happy I've got him. Um, yeah, he got another goal and Napoli just get the W and that's what it matters most at this point. And like you said, the depth they bring on, we've talked about it every week now, but the depth they have is just mind-blowing. It's just ridiculous. So, having a six-point gap, hopefully, there's still one round of fixtures left, or so having a six-point gap or more heading into yep. the um, international break, I'm going to call it, would yeah. be um, would be a very good place to be for Napoli. So hopefully they can see off this part of the season properly. And I just want to, before we go to the Premier League, slightly overrunning maybe, I want yeah. to just go back to a comment from Stuart Morley who just said, yes. it's a team we've not talked about for a while, as a new Dinesi fan, I'm excited about our season so far and uh, have really excelled. Just a shame about the last few results. Great to see Sotel producing good forward-thinking football. Classic Gebrette. Definitely. And yes. I think, yeah, we've kind of, we've taken the highlight off them a little bit because they've got a few draws, they've dropped a few points. Yeah. But they're still right up there. They're still in the European chase in eighth place on 23 points. They could definitely, two points behind Juve, they could be eyeing they're a really- Europa League conference league yeah, position this year they're only four points off atalanta so they only need yeah. a few game swings right um yeah. so yeah I, I think udinese have been superb silvestri in goal um up top um we've even said Ro- rodrigo bacal obviously yeah. solid at the back as well so they've got some really decent players that since that beginning of the season when they lost 4-2 to Inter Milan or ac milan should i say sorry at the beginning of the season then they went on this mini run then, it, like you said, they've had a few draws. Delafeo a few weeks ago should have scored to make like three points certain. Yeah. I can't remember who they played now, but it was against someone that was very like Cremonese like style. Yeah, team. kind of beatable. Yeah, yeah. But they should have beaten them. And 
yeah, Udinese are doing really superbly. I still expect them to be in that top 10 mix. So let's mm-hmm. see by the end of the season. But superb by Sutel. I mean, yeah. you know. I'm really think- excited. I'm really excited about him as a coach. I'm really excited about him. I think he could be the next manager that we're looking at in Serie A and being like, okay, yeah. is he going to be getting the next big job? Like Italiano's made that step up. Is making that step up. Is Sotil the one that's kind of behind him? And I hope he takes Udinese as far as he can because we all remember that Udinese side that had the best yeah. squad on Championship Manager, I think it did, with like when <laughs> yes. they had Alexis Sanchez, Sanchez and that generation. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they can get back to those days because I do like it up in Udine. I've been there and it is beautiful. Yes, beautiful. Nice. Good. So we're going to leave Serie A there and we're going to head to the Premier League. Um, and Adam, which game are we going to start with? Just tell me. Let which game start with your beloved Arsenal because we have to do it some justice purely because your mates were badgering on about it. You don't want to talk about it, but let's just talk about how poor Chelsea were and how good Arsenal were. <laughs> so London on, or not talk, London talk in red. It's been a long day. Give me a give me a second, listeners. <laughs> it's been a long day. London is red. There we go. I'm gonna save it. Um yes, what a bloody performance. What a bloody performance. Um this is and I'm I'm gonna say that this wasn't my uh, idea or point, but I saw there's a great follow if you're Arsenal inclined, Tim Stillman. He does fantastic covering the Arsenal and the Arsenal women's team. Just a great, great journalist. And he made a very good point that I'm now going to pass on to you about the three. So Arsenal have now won three games in a row at Stamford Bridge. First team ever to do it. So boom, that's nice. Um, (laughs) And all those three wins are incredibly different and they kind of show mm. where the team have been. So the first one was a fluky 1-0 win where we scraped it, Emil Smith-Rowe, like, Smith scuffed row. it in. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Like, completely robbed a, robbed a, robbed a win. Yeah. The last one was a punch-out 4-2, fucking 4-2. anyone could have won. Saka, yeah. Completely wild. And then this one was the calm Man City turn up, get a 1-0, bore mm-hmm. everyone to death and leave. And I love it. Like, the neutrals were not enjoying that game. I was enjoying that game because Chelsea yeah. never got close. They never got close. Yeah, and I think we're, we're just very, and I'm, I, the thing is, I don't talk about Arsenal that much because I'm scared to talk about Arsenal for when it all collapses. But what we're seeing is incredibly exciting at the club. It's just very, very exciting. We're seeing players that can play basically every position. So all the defenders can yeah, cover so each other. Mm. All the midfielders can cover each other. And all the strikers can cover each other, and they all cover each other. Like, yeah. So the the triangles kind of spin. It's not just they like do, yeah. so. It's really incredible to watch. You can see how well drilled they are, and the fact that Aubameyang got taken off on the sixty third minute. Like, it's just it's beautiful. I think I just like the idea that he was sat on the bench going. Fuck, I really should have listened. I really should have listened. <laughs> Just for a second, I should have listened. Because those yeah. kids that he was slagging off in that video, that the young players that only listen, they could, and I think, will win a lot more under Arsenal than he ever did. And will be, yeah. be, be remembered better than he ever will be. I think it was just... A, I love what Arteta has done to this club and to this team. Um, there's so many players that we could... like. Granit Xhaka has become one of the best midfielders in the league from nowhere. Um, yeah. I know it's difficult to talk about him because of the off-field antics 
antics, crimes, but Thomas Partey is one of the best midfielders yeah. in the league, having an outstanding season. It just makes me sick that he's playing for us. Um, we've got Gabriel Jesus, our striker, hasn't scored for eight games. Normally, that would be a crisis, and we're still winning. That yeah. is something that makes me feel like, okay, something something is happening waters. here. Yeah, like, definitely. the last time our strikers went on a drought, Aubameyang and Giroud, we dropped off the face of the planet. Like, here, we've still managed to beat Spurs. We've managed to beat Liverpool. We've managed to beat Chelsea. We've managed to, like, not lose, right? Get that scrappy draw against Southampton, whatever it is. It's just... It's nice to feel like it's in control. And I think Arteta mm. is finally getting the plaudits that he deserves for the job that he's done. Because I, yeah, there was yeah. two years, don't get me wrong, there was two years that were absolutely horrible. And he yeah. could have gone at any moment. And at times I was thinking, okay, Mikel, it's time to just get someone else. But he has got through that two years and turned this team into a genuine, I'm going to say it for the first time on the show, title contender. And it's... yeah. Insane, like I don't. What do you think of what's going on <laughs> Arsenal in that performance? We'll talk Look, about I, Chelsea as well, but we'll, we'll echo your sentiments for to begin with. Anyway, um, definitely, I felt like it was a mature performance where the likes of Sinchenko was brought in for those occasions. Right, he as a signing was typified for these kind of matches. They were the mm -hmm. kind of matches that you would have lost. You would have probably tried to have won these matches. And I appreciate when we're talking about the record, right? Chelsea, you've been doing really well. Um, but I'm talking just generally in the big games like your Man United, your Man Cities, they were the kind of games where you'd give a fight, you'd do something, and then you'd lose it just due to some stupidity or just maturity on the ball because you've got such a young squad. Now you're starting to see those young players, as you allude to, they've listened, they've taken on the feedback. We've seen it on Amazon Prime's documentary. Mm -hmm. They are starting to grasp this right now. And it, it does feel like it is potentially coming a bit more real. Obviously, there's still the second part of the season to go. So, yeah, fantastic performance. I actually thought Arsenal were well-deserving of that victory because I thought there was more chances that they created. Yeah. Granted, it was a scrappy game. Mm -hmm. But if we move on to Chelsea, they were terrible. They were absolutely... They didn't have a shot on goal, which you could say, firstly, Arsenal's defence was really good. Yeah. Also, how poor were Chelsea? They mm -hmm. couldn't get anything in that attacking third for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, there's one opportunity where I can see, or I remember from yesterday, Sam Gallagher's trying to get into the box. As per Coletta's on the side, he crosses it, but he bombs it so far over yeah, that you're yeah, just yeah. like, what is going on? And this isn't the Chelsea side that you kind of associate with at the moment because they are going through a transition. It has to be said, they're going through a transition. And I, I think to your point, Bamyang, there was a really good clip of him where Arsenal players are celebrating that goal and you can see just for a glimmer of like five seconds, his face looks like thunder. He's yeah, just yeah. realised he's just at the wrong yeah. place and he's screwed up his career because... I still don't understand how he's got himself into Chelsea. He, I don't understand I, that. I, I don't get the logic. No. It doesn't make any sense at all. No. I look at that team and the way they're set up. I just thought they were going to lose anyway before kickoff because mm. defensively they were so poor anyway. Cucurella, let's talk about him as well for that corner. What was he doing? And that was a direct 
like repeat of what Koulibaly did against Spurs. Mm -hmm. If you remember yeah, yeah, that yeah. corner where Koulibaly is holding that play. So it seems to be, I don't know if it's mm -hmm. the coaching or if it's just the players have got this kind of style that they do on corners, but they seem so static. They, mm -hmm. I yeah. don't understand how even if I'm like, I'm talking school days, but if it goes to your front post, you get rid of it. Like, yeah, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. How's yeah. that corner yeah. being able to just like kind All of glide the way through. past everyone? Yeah. Mendy again? Like, I yeah, don't know yeah, what's going on yeah. with that guy. And I don't no, think there's he's a, on form. I think there's like a mad thing at Chelsea. Now, it's never been stable. It's never been a stable club. No. It's always been success through chaos and through like fear of, of the manager losing his job, right? And I think, but at the moment, the squad feels the most mishmash it ever has. Yeah. yeah. I, like, as Piliqueta feels like he's five generations of Chelsea team ago, you've got Pulisic, <laughs> who's like three generations of Chelsea team yeah, ago. Roughly, yeah. And you've got like, and then there's a player like, I don't know, someone who's been there ages, like Loftus Cheek or something. You're just like, yeah, he's pretty how, like, how many managers have you worked under there? How many tactics have you, have you, if you had to yeah. practice and it just feels like all of them are trying to play a different game or all of them are trying to play a different system. And then you've got Graham Potter who's coming in and trying to coach this transition, right? Yeah. Trying to be like, right, what can I, and we know he, he doesn't have a system. He does systems for games and that's like part of his brilliance. But when you have players that are so used to playing different systems, then you're playing a different system every week. What you get is that confusion. And what you get is the distance between the defense and the midfield slash attack was incredible. Like Arsenal just had the entirety of the middle of the pitch because they didn't know the defense didn't know if they were supposed to be pushing the midfield didn't know if they were supposed to drop back. It was not coordinated at all. I think Kukurea has been a fairly unsuccessful signing by this point. I'm going to say mm. for the money they signed, I know like I'm quite happy to be corrected by Chelsea fans who watch him more regularly, but from what I've seen, I think he's not been great. Um, and I think, I think he hasn't been played in the right position, though. Yeah, it has well, to be said. Yeah, that is yeah. true. That is true. Um, but I feel like he, there's a few players there that just, I don't know, I, I'm not sure if Pulisic is ever going to be a player. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if Havertz is ever going to be the striker they want him to be. Um, I'm not like, yeah. there's a few players that I'm just like, you need to, figure this out but the problem is Chelsea they don't give people time to figure stuff out now maybe no. Todd Bowley's different right we don't know what kind of owner Todd Bowley's going to be we know he likes playing football manager but we don't know if he's actually going to be patient yeah. or not for Graham's sake I hope they do um I hope they are patient I hope they give him time because otherwise it could be it could mm. kill his career before it's kind of not before it started but as it's starting to get to the level he should be at I hope they give him time. I wouldn't expect him to. Um, yeah. yeah, Chelsea, just bang average. Bang average. The last thing I want to say on this game, and I, I was, I've been very, very concerned about Kieran Tierney. I spent a lot of time worrying about Kieran Tierney. I love him, and I really want him to be happy at the club. And I was worried about him not starting. He did an interview where mm. he said he wasn't playing games. I was like, oh, God, what's going on? Is he yeah. going to start forcing a move? But at the end of the game, there was Aaron Ramsdale throwing his arms around Matt Turner. There was Kieran Tierney being lifted by Zinchenko. And it feels like all the squad, whether you're playing or not, they want this. Yeah. Like, whatever it is, they are in. And like, they seem together, though. Yeah. They, and I think there's a real... It was just really nice to see that, like, Kieran Tierney mm. can come on 
still do an incredible job, be as good a player as yeah. he is, give us that defensive solidity, whatever it is he needs to do, give us that out ball. He is still incredibly key to this team, even if he's not starting every game. Mm. Um, and I just really love that the players were like, you can see the squad harmony. You can just see it. And there's so many of there's so many of this team that I absolutely just love. I love them. Uh, Ramsdale yeah. is, oh God. Um, they're just, they're all so lovable. And I just think this is a great result. We've got Wolves away next. As long as we finish on a high note, we can go into the World Cup. And if if some of our players aren't playing at the World Cup, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. I'd have them all stay. I'd have them all stay in London and we can just rest for a month. Um, but that's not going to happen. So we're going to move on to the rest of the Premier League. Now I've had my little Arsenal stint. Um, and Adam, I'm going to let you pick again. Which game should we go to next? Let's go for the late night kickoff from last night, which was Spurs versus Liverpool, because I want to highlight how poor this Spurs side is. Oh, God, all my Christmases have come at once. This is going to be great. I know, I know, right? Um, so I'm just going to put the analogy out there. Spurs are a bit like UK trains, right? Um, you get a season ticket, they're overpriced, and you just don't know what to expect from them. And yes, that was basically absolutely. them last night. Absolutely oh. terrible. Like, I mean, if I'm a fan of theirs and I'm Conte, I just don't know what I, what to do. I mean, we've been stating Conte and saying he'll go into January wanting new players. You need more players because they're all terrible. Like, at the moment, if it wasn't for Kulosevsky coming on and trying yeah. to create something, they would not have got a goal last night. And Kane does this stupid thing of trying to get involved in every little kind of one-touch football just to try and set up some players or create some space so he can run into. He just loses most of the possession that he gets. And that one time that he wasn't actually focused on doing that, he scores a goal. Yeah. Amazing yeah, yeah. that, right? But Emerson Royale I think he does... Like, go I on. think he, yeah, no, sorry, we'll get on to Emerson Royale because yeah. I love that guy. But he <laughs> <laughs> he does seem to take it all. I think what it is with Harry Kane is he takes it all on his shoulders. I think he, he does, does go, right, I've got to drag him out of this now because he knows that he's one of the only decent players there. I think he knows, like, right, I've got to do everything now. Yeah. And he ta- he starts trying to do too much. When, when you're a goal down, when you're 2-0 down, what you need is the best striker you've ever had to be the best striker you've ever had exactly. and to get in the box and try and get chances. And I think when he's he's done it for England a few times where he's dropping so deep. I'm like, Harry, I love the work rate, mate. I'm loving the ethic, but we need you at the other end of the pitch. Yeah, exactly. Like, And I think there's just a little bit of that with it. Especially when your tactics seem to be, let's just hope him, him and him do something. Like that is a lot of responsibility on a person. So I think maybe that's part of it. The problem is, and we can go on to Emerson Royale and the likes of him, there isn't much quality behind him. What do you th- like? I think that squad is very, very, very average. I've been saying it, it's a very average squad. It is, it is. And I think even even Perisic, who we love from his yeah. Inter Milan days, Good guy. he was terrible yesterday. Could mm. not get past the first man when he was taking corners. I don't know what was going on there. Mm. Um, Emerson Royale, I mean, Barcelona are laughing. 30 million plus like they they've got themselves a deal there that was one of their economic levers right just getting rid of him um but then you just look at it, ben davis he's not he's not class and eric dyer we've been saying it we don't like him but he'll be in the england squad won't he on thursday yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll be probably called up he was doing a mings yesterday you know setting up salah for that second goal i mean 
this squad is terrible. I, I gave them genuine hope after that Marseille result mm. midweek in the Champions League, and I thought this might kick start their season. Yeah, yeah. My optimism was washed after yesterday. Um, yeah. But that said, if Trent Alexander, the incident where he pushes Sessignon and that's given as a penalty, I think the game has a different complexity and that might go a different way. And I think if Sessignon doesn't, go down like, like a suck of spuds mm -hmm. living yeah. up to the spuds name um but yeah, 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 yeah literally yeah. i think the game would have been different again that's probably another reason why alexander arnold won't be picked potentially because mm. he does these stupid things like if he does that at the world cup it, it's yeah pushes in the back issues. pushes in the back like we that three nil at spurs the first goal was through a push in the back that was a lot less than that and it was a penalty and i think it, i did look at it and go Oh, so they are they aren't fouls now, or they are fouls now. I did think that could arguably should have been a penalty. Um, yeah. but I think Liverpool, what we're seeing is Salah hitting a very nice run of He was form. very good. Um annoyingly for him, he's not going to the World Cup, all the seasons continuing. That will that will annoy him, I imagine. Yeah. But he's genuinely hitting some good form. Liverpool, I just don't bet them on just don't bet on them for the rest of the season because you never know what they're going to do. Just sit back and enjoy what they're doing because every so often they're going to put in a performance like that and every so often they're going to put in a performance like Forrest. Um, it is for Spurs, I, I just realise I always sound biased when I talk about them, but I just think it's a very average squad. I think you've got some like Benton Kerr is a decent player, but he's not going to pull up any trees. Um, Hoiberg is like, I don't know, they wanted to replace Moussa Dembele and he's not Moussa yeah. Dembele. Um, like, I feel like a lot of the players are just not quite as good as what they had in that Pochettino team and they're trying to be that, or they're trying to continue that Pochettino team, but without the fun football. Um, with Conte, there's Spurs fans that have been saying that Conte is... Um, this is all part of a master plan to be better in the second half of the league. Yeah, I did see that. Did, yeah. Jesus, that is a level of optimism that I genuinely <laughs> aspire to. Like, I genuinely aspire to that level of optimism because Christ alive. Um, that is not a squad that's going to be challenging. That being said, they do still somehow find themselves fourth. Three points ahead of United in fifth. We're going to get onto them. Gutted. Yeah. And that's why Andy's not here tonight. He definitely didn't want to talk about <laughs> yeah. Emery, did he? Um, yeah, still three points ahead of United. One point ahead. One point behind. We're going to have to talk about them. Newcastle bloody United. They have now won four in a row. And Almiron scores a beautiful goal again. Um, it just is this a team that we need to worry about? Worry about? Do other teams need to worry about this team? I think teams like Chelsea have to be worried about them mm -hmm. because I think genuinely they are on the cusp of being in that top four mix now. Um, I think based on form alone, they probably will be there by the end of the season. I mean, if you look at what Eddie Howe has done since like getting him out of the relegation zone. And I don't think, I, I, I'll put my hands up, I didn't think he was capable of doing that. I didn't think, based on what he'd sign in that January transfer window, he'd do enough with those kind of players to bring them into that position. But he's done a phenomenal job. He seems like he's developed his own kind of coaching style. It has to be said, I think it got a bit tired towards the end of his time at Bournemouth. And I, I did kind of have that scepticism about him because I felt like it was predictable what you'd get out of Bournemouth. Attacking football, you did yeah. love the football, but it wasn't for sitting up for the sake of winning points, right, at times. 
Newcastle just seem exciting. The renaissance in a player like Almiron like, is incredible, like just to see how he plays. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at the players like Gumeresh, like he adds like that bit of quality that they needed, right? Just to bring them up to yeah. the next level. And I think I don't know where you kind of say that they need massive improvement because actually, does that affect the harmony of the squad right now? Because you introduce some more players, which they probably will do at some point, right? Um, but mm-hmm. you look yeah, at yeah. Callum Wilson, he's brilliant at the moment. Joel Linton, he managed to get a tune out of him, to be fair. I know Joel Linton was kind of showing, showing signs under Steve Bruce, should I say. Um, but that said, I think they've been brilliant. Um, yeah. And Kieran Trippier just looks like oh. he's primed for the World Cup now. And, and yeah, that, yeah. that's set up for the goal with Willock. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant yeah. against Southampton, which I'm sure we'll briefly talk about as well in a minute. But um, yes, we'll get know, on to Southampton and what happened your there. But I think, as well. but I think, yeah, Trippier has been in fantastic form. Um, if you haven't got him in your fantasy team already, you're doing fantasy wrong. He's been mm-hmm. absolutely killing it this year. Um, and yeah, I think if with with Callum Wilson, it's always will he stay fit? But when he's fit, he's fantastic. Bruno gives them that star quality, you're right, takes them that extra step up. Mm. And as Stuart Morley has just commented, Newcastle are fun to watch. Look at what Howard's done without splashing all the cash available. Mm, yeah, he's getting tunes out of Willock, <laughs> the lesser brother of Chris at QPR, uh, Longstaff and others. Yeah, they have still spent quite a lot of money for a team that were in the relegation zone, but they have been very sensible. They've brought in players that are realist- that are not realistic, that are just quality they just mm. guarantee a certain level of quality. Like you could get, just because I've seen QPR, you could get an adult wrapped level quality player, but you're <laughs> maybe not going to get that every week, if you know what I mean. And I think yeah. what they've done is got a player who is like just that level. They're just going to get you a six, seven out of 10 every single time. And then you can add the extras on top. Eddie Howe, I think that breakaway from the game, there's an interview that I need to watch mm. with him. I saw a few clips of it. And I yeah. think his time away from the game, he really studied, looked at his career, thought what he needed, what he liked, what he loved about the job, what he did and what he was good at. And he said developing players was the thing that he realised was like the mm. passion of his. And That is exactly, they're developing a club. They need a manager that can develop players. It just goes hand in hand. It was all part of this sensible move from Newcastle. They are looking, I think they're going to be the team that crashes the top four this year. I think they're going to be the one that, like you said, Chelsea looking disappointing. Liverpool, looking disappointing United don't know what the hell they're going to do like (laughs) you're already looking at Brighton are kind of Brighton are challenging as well and we're not even talking about them like Newcastle that top four is definitely there and if they get to Europe then they're going to splash money that is when you're going to see it that is the I think that's the trigger and me and the boys were saying this weekend and I think it's like a hot take but I'm stealing it Tom I apologize he said if Newcastle get into the top four within the next two years Mbappe is at Newcastle and I can definitely see I can 100% see it because they would pay him and he would definitely go there I think he'd definitely go there for like he would be the biggest biggest fish ever at a club where they'd have a gold statue before he even arrived I don't know if how could scandal him though let's see let's see yeah, I think it's an interesting one. We will see. I kind of, in a weird way, hope it happens. In a weird way, I hope it happens. Um, but yeah, and as Stuart says, how seems to really have got his defence on order, especially centrally. Yeah, yes. the players like Botman, bringing them in, and like Dan, Dan Burn. Burn. Yeah. Yeah, just very, very good signings, very sensible signings. They're doing mm-hmm. good things 
up in the northeast. We need to finally talk about. I had such a good weekend. Can I just say that? I had such a good weekend. <laughs> you did, didn't not you? Only, you really did. Not only were the boys out and we did everything and did all these things and Arsenal won and then Spurs lost and then United lost. And it was just oh, such a beautiful weekend. Such a beautiful weekend. And Emery returns. <laughs> I only, I can only wish him the best, honestly. I, I think I said it last episode. It was just the wrong time. The wrong person at the wrong yeah. time. I think any person would have been the wrong time at that point. I am so happy he's back in the league. The last, the, his press conference, I just remembered how nice a bloke he was. I'm like, oh God, you're such a nice guy. Like, he's just really easy <laughs> to back and he's like super like friendly and polite. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and tactically, he's fucking brilliant. Tactically, mm-hmm. he's very, yeah. very good. Like he plays a 4-4-2 and he has Bailey as a striker. And I thought, I don't know if that's going to work. He's best out wide. He is a traditional winger. And then he absolutely, within 10 minutes, within five minutes, eight minutes, was it? Yeah. Tears through the United defence to give them the lead. And Emery just knows how how to take on big sides. He knows how to take on big sides with teams that are considered smaller, right? Now, we'll get onto United and the fact that they, Bruno Fernandes, it turns out, is the real lifeblood of that team. But (laughs) Villa, an incredible performance. And I know it could be new manager bounce. They've had two in the last three weeks. But that was a genuinely impressive performance, right? That was, that was. And we saw the Jacob Ramsey that I saw glimmers of last season. Mm. I had him in my fantasy league to begin with this season. He completely nice. ruined it on this yeah, Gerard, yeah, so yeah. I had to pull him out. And now I'm contemplating bringing him back in purely because that was the Ramsey I've been calling out for. I mean, he is brilliant. He is absolutely brilliant. And it's just a shame that I don't think we've had enough game time for him to potentially be talked about like making this England squad. Because I think he is genuinely very exciting as a talent, but a player that brings something different to the mix. Um, I just, yeah, on that Villa side, though, they just look like they've had something lifted off their shoulders. Yeah. Dinier looks incredible. I mean, you saw the free kick that he took against them, oh. right? And he, I don't know if you've seen it, Rory. I, I should have shared it to you earlier in the WhatsApp group. But Martinez is, from a distance, he's telling the Aston Villa players where they should line up in that like mm-hmm. yeah. um, wall. And then Dinier takes that shot and it's like brilliant. But it's just... The whole team seems like they've just a lot more like confident and more assured. Mm. They're doing something that they feel confident in now because I think that's what it was ultimately. Yeah. Gerald was telling them to play a certain style. They weren't comfortable with it. And just, you know, I think Piero mentioned it a few weeks ago. Once you've got the booze on you, then you feel like yeah. any little mistake you make yeah, yeah, then yeah. triggers it. And I think that's probably what the after effects has happened at Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, phenomenal result. Um, what about this bashing of Man United then, Rory? Come on, oh. you don't want to end this weekend on a high. Let's talk about Man United then. How bad were they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I just feel like this is going to happen, right? Throughout the season, this is going to happen. And... Players like Casemiro is going to drop a clanger. He's going to, like, there's a... Real Madrid never sell a player without a reason of wanting to sell the player. And I say that with Martin Odegaard fully in my mind before he gets thrown back at me. And I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out what the reason is to why they bloody sold him to us. But they don't sell a player for no reason. I think this for Casemiro was not a good day. He kept getting caught out of position. 
he seemed lost at times, just wandering around the midfield. I think there was a few attacks where he was just still halfway up the pitch or halfway back where he should have been forward. It just seemed like a really mm. messy performance. Now, I know that United were missing Bruno Fernandes. Van der Beek, you can't just drop him in and expect him to be like, right, okay, do your things. Right? Yeah, exactly. Every player needs a, a bit of a run, a bit of a, like, you know, a bit of time, a bit of patience. I think just throwing him into yeah. that obviously didn't work. He did not have a good game. Um, Garnacho, I was weirdly excited about, but he yeah, needs end product. Yeah, I think product. he's genuinely talent. Yeah. Um, he just needs a bit of end product, but that happens with young players. I think getting that kind of the consistency, the discipline to get mm. that ball across or whatever, but a very, very exciting player. I do feel like Lindelof is never really going to be up to standard. And... Martinez had a terrible game and he should have been sent off. He should have been sent off. I don't know why he wasn't for that elbow. I've no, no. idea why he wasn't. Um, and I think that is something that every so often we're going to see in Martinez's game. He is mm. very hot-headed. Um, yes. And that's what pushes him on to be the great defender that he is. But every so often he's going to do things like that and he'll get a reputation and then the red cards will come. Um, yes, exactly. I think that should have been a red card. And Leon Bailey tweeted after the game and was like, I couldn't breathe for a couple of seconds. What does it take? Like, what's the purpose of VAR yeah, exactly. if not to check it? Like, that was a red card. It would have only added to a terrible day for United anyway. Mm. Um, but I want to kind of more talk about Aston Villa because that is an incredible yeah. win for them. The first time they've beaten United at Villa Park in 27 years, I want to say. Wow. Um, huge start for Emery. Absolutely massive. That is the perfect start. You can build on that now. And with a side, the size of Villa and the quality of Villa, I would genuinely be excited about what he can do because we saw what he did with Villarreal. That is on a much smaller budget than what he's going to get at Aston yeah. Villa. I think this is like an exciting, exciting time to be a Villa fan and the atmosphere. I love Villa Park. Absolutely love Villa Park. But... That looked like an unbelievable atmosphere. It looked like it was popping off. And Stuart Morley, United should have kept Smalling. That you're absolutely right. That video of that old man who gets yeah, old man. Got I apologise. The man in his sixties who gets laughed at for saying that Smalling's better than Maguire. I hope he just has that video on loop to all those little bastards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he absolutely was spot on. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, I think he he would instantly bring quality that they don't have. At least just assuredness at the back that a Lindelof doesn't bring. Um, yeah. So I think Varane is going to be a massive miss for United. And the problem with Varane, and this is why Real sold him, he mm. gets injured a lot. That's why they sold him. He doesn't stay fit for long. Um, but yeah, United, that is now kind of, that couldn't have come at a worse time, really. They're now three points behind Tottenham in fourth. They are in fifth place. Only one, two points ahead of Brighton in sixth. Um a goal difference of minus one. Um, they are not yeah. scoring as many goals as they would like to. When you look at the other teams around them, Brighton, 22 goals, Tottenham, 27, Newcastle, 28, Man City, 39, Arsenal, 31. Like That is a bit of an, an, an anomaly around there. Um, so, yeah, not going well there. Playing Ronaldo up front, giving him the captain's armband doesn't really just work. No, um, and last one, also outside of Shaw, the man used fullbacks aren't up to standard. Yeah, and Luke Shaw, I hope he's in great form for the World Cup and I hope he gets called up. But we saw how poor he started this season and there is yeah. a propensity for him to do that again. Um, so yeah, more work needed at United. Oh, what a great weekend. Um, the last <laughs> ones, the last, last one. Um, I kind of promised Tom we wouldn't talk about it. I'm going to very quickly say West Ham, 
David Moyes is on his last life here. He is so. pushing his luck. Um, by what I've seen, Palace were comfortably the better side. West Ham didn't really offer much. Elise in the 94th minute gets a 2-1 win for Palace, a game West Ham should definitely, definitely be winning. Not good for Moyes. And the team that we've said we're not talking about, we're going to not really talk about because we're running out of time. Brighton with a 3-2 win over Wolves. Um, Mitoma, Lalana, and Gross get in the goals. Yep. Huge, just huge. And Deserby now, that's two wins in a row, right? Two wins in a row. Yep. And he is starting, maybe it's starting to work. What did you make of Brighton? I, think... I want to talk about Mitoma as well. Love Let's talk about it briefly. Yeah, you're starting to see the fruition of the style of play. The Zerbi ball, I think it's like they're starting to get a grip of it. I still think the Zerbi will go into January transfer window to bring a striker in because yeah. I feel that's yeah. where they need to. We've said this about Brighton so many seasons, yeah. though, to be fair. I think that's the only thing that's stopping them potentially going even higher in the league. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're starting to see even players sort of move on from what they were under Potter this season to this mm-hmm. style of football, and they seem to be embracing it a lot more. It just if they can just master defensive skills, that's the only thing with the Zerbies. It was still like, a hectic, like, 3-2 win. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if they yeah. can do that, that's brilliant. But, yeah, Matoma, I'll leave the floor to you. I mean, mm-hmm. he oh. looks like another epic bargain from Brighton. He's just so exciting. He's yeah. so exciting as a player. I love I love a Japanese player. I love a Japanese football because they're always crazy technical. Like super stupidly <laughs> technical. They're always pacey and like just little nippy like runs. And I just find I remember when he first came on, or well, the first time I saw him come on, I can't remember what game it was, but instantly I like sat up and was like, Whoa, who's this guy? And he's just mm-hmm. beating the first man, he's getting through, getting that pass off, and we're just seeing him really hit form. And it's no coincidence that he's starting to start games and he's starting to become a, a key like a key player. He's becoming a player that people are now talking about. And this Brighton conveyor belt of players that they find just continues. And when he goes, it'll be Enciso that takes his position. If you know what yeah. I mean? And it just continues, continues. But Matoma, I just want to give him his flowers because he has been incredible for Brighton this season. And I think he's been really yeah, just very, very exciting player. Um nice. So I think that wraps up the Premier League, I think. Um two more points quickly. Leeds yes. versus uh Bournemouth, fantastic game. We saw fantastic goals. If you haven't seen it, brilliant. But Sam Greenwood's goal, brilliant, wasn't it? I don't know if you saw it, Rory, it was, because oh, you were obviously on various lashes or hiking trips. I don't know where you were, um, but that was brilliant. And I just want to have a quick word about Hassan Hootel. We know he's gone. We'll probably cover it on Thursday's show. Um, but yeah, Hassan Hootel has now left the building. I don't know. How, how do you feel? I, I go into it feeling mixed emotions because it's mm. like he, when you see 9-0 results, it's not brilliant, right? Um, but then at the same yes. time, has he been given the backing? And what was the expectations of Southampton? Like, I if find you it don't difficult. Sign a striker at the beginning of the season. You're expecting Adam Armstrong to lead the line? I, I don't know. Go on. What's your thoughts? I find it difficult because they've got a very young squad, <laughs> very yeah. young squad. And what, like, I don't know what they expect. I don't know what they expect. And I'm not saying like you should just accept relegation battles, but the. I don't know what I don't know what their expectations are. I feel like he's been slightly harshly treated. From what I can see, the fans absolutely hate him. I'm not sure what that reason is. I felt like the football was fairly entertaining. They got big results. 
They weren't just like a scrappy long right? ball side. I don't know. I'd have to talk to a Southampton fan. I feel like it's slightly harshly treated. It would be good to see Nathan Jones get an opportunity. He's the person being linked with it, the Luton manager. Luton fans will be gutted because he's been overachieving <laughs> with them for a very long time. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, Hassan Huttall slightly, slightly harshly treated. There's a lot of exciting young players there, but maybe Nathan Jones is the right guy to do it. Maybe it's the right time to just be like, right, before the World Cup, thanks, see you later. Give the new guy a game to kind of see what he's got and then go into it. So maybe they're doing it very, very well. Um, But yeah, unlucky Ralph. I quite liked him. I quite liked him. Mm. And we do need to say, Leeds fans, if any any of you are still alive after the last... (laughs) After the loser Anfield. (laughs) Like, what a team to support. What a team to support. The limbs just looked unbelievable. That game had some beautiful goals. Bournemouth and the Leeds goals were incredible. Somerville, I'm absolutely loving. Nyonto. Obviously, we're obsessed with him. He was key in the last goal again, just running through the center of the pitch. Um, great to see. I like, I like Leeds. I do like Leeds. I'm glad they're with us. Um, but before we go, because we are running out of time, my voice is going. We do very quickly need to, for the first time, talk about the World Cup. Jesus Christ, it's nearly here. Um, and what we do want to do is plug. We've been doing a project, guys. And if you've been keeping an eye on our social media, then we have been interviewing the people of the world to talk about their teams and what to expect from them. Check out in our YouTube here. It'll be down here somewhere. You can find it. The videos we've so far, we've got videos on. I'm going to try and remember. We've got Netherlands, Serbia. We've got uh, France. We've got Morocco. We've got America. We've got Germany. uh, We've got Croatia. Um, and we've got plenty more coming as well. So keep an eye on that. We are talking all things World Cup. But we do. I'm going to give us two minutes, Adam, to talk yeah, sure. about your wild card. Who would you like to, as an outside pick, get picked to the England squad on Thursday? I, I don't know if he will be a wild card, but Eberichi is a... Because I just think Ooh, he's just someone nice. different to come off the bench... Just that calming, like gliding that he does, you know, running across the pitch and just either scoring or assisting, right? That's what he needs to do. And then that will be maybe epic for England. I, I just feel like maybe Southgate will go, I've got Phil Foden for that, or I've got Jack Grealish. But Eberichi is, is slightly different. He just gives something different to that team, I think. Um, but yeah. He's in the kind of same mould as maybe a James Madison, and I won't spoil it, but, but yeah, Jacob Ramsey. That's the other one. But, okay. yeah, go on. nice. What's your choice? Nice. I I think you kind of mentioned the one who's going to get missed out as well, James Madison, and he really shouldn't be missing yeah. out. He really, really shouldn't be missing out. Stuart Morley's also given us a shout for Abere Eze. He mm. is a massive pod favourite. We love giving love to Abere Eze. Absolute baller. Um, I think James Madison is going to miss out and it's going to be very, very, very unfair because he's having a great season for a terrible Leicester team. Um, but my wild card, <laughs> unpredictably with all the Arsenal everywhere, and he shouldn't be a bloody wild card, is going to be Ben White. Um, I think yeah. he has to be picked. He's been arguably the best English right back in the league this year. Um, he can also play centre-back. He can also play defensive midfield. He's incredible on the ball. He's not put a foot wrong this season. I think, what more do you have to do? What more does he have to do? I don't understand. And with all the injuries at right back for England now, I think 
he has to be picked. I really, really hope he gets it because I think the work he's put in at Arsenal has been unbelievable. And when we signed him from Brighton and when they signed him from Leeds, every club that have had him have turned around and gone, you don't know how good this guy is. You don't know how mm. good the guy you're getting is. Like we had, I remember there was a Leeds TikTok video where he broke down the guy's career and was like, he's just saying this guy's going to be like a goat level defender yeah. if people actually believe in him. And I think, look, he's just had an incredible start to the season. He should be picked. I'm on the sport team, <laughs> even Tony. I wouldn't bet on it. That's all I'm going to say. I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it. Brentford's statement to that was absolutely incredible, by the way. Um, if you've got a spare two seconds of your of your day, um, head over to their tweet and read that extensive, extensive press release. It's quite impressive. Um, but guys, <laughs> we are going to leave it there for this week. I need to give my voice a rest. You need to give your ears a rest and I need some dinner. So we're going to give it, we're going to leave it there. We are going to be back on Friday morning. Um, and then it's the World Cup, guys. Then it's basically the yeah. World Cup. We've got Thursday, a Monday, and then whatever we plan for the World Cup, which we are still working. We're still so trying to work out one out. We will <laughs> keep you updated with that one. A lot to do, a lot to do. But Definitely. as always, please do follow us on Twitter at Italian Anglo Pod, on Instagram at Anglo Italian Pod. Hit the like and subscribe button, tell a friend, and get on the World Cup videos, guys. They genuinely, without patting ourselves on the back too much, they're bloody good, guys. They are bloody good. And it's a lot of work's gone into it. Right. So, guys, we will see <laughs> you on Friday. See you later, guys. Ciao. Oh, wait. I've not hit the button yet. See you later, guys. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs>